Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you doing? Uh, doing good, Shad. I'm doing good as well. We want to say thanks to everybody out there for joining us. We'll get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C and Corners, capital P and Podcast. Save 10% off your order. Our other shout-out means we hand the ball to Matt. I go to Orlando Cologne. Orlando Cologne, um, still hanging around like down in Puerto Rico. He hasn't signed with the major company. Uh, yeah. But unlike other people who are taking their talents to South Bend, <laughs> South Beach, South Beach, South Beach, sorry, South so, Bend, I think was like from uh, Dallas. Yeah. So that Matt, that sounds like a segue. It is a segue. Because the curse is broken. Curse. Listen to this. The curse has always been that big stuff that happens in wrestling happens the day after we record. This happened today. We are recording. The news broke today. Today. And so we're gonna we're gonna get contemporary, which we haven't really done in a while, but we're gonna get contemporary because Cody and Brandy Rhodes have departed all elite wrestling. Mm-hmm. Holy Moses, right? It's a big story and there's a lot of ambiguity as to what is actually going on that is absolutely true so what are the prevailing theories about him leaving because i heard one that he's upset about tony khan accurately describing it as a one-man operation and that's the one i heard but shad had heard a second one you said money right? um yeah so and, and the problem is i can't i'm getting this one secondhand so i can't put a finger on a source to it um but the one of the things I'd heard was you know, Cody wanted to get paid more and uh, Tony wasn't up for it. And there was some back and forth. Um, I had gotten through part of the Wrestling Observer radio segment um, before we started the show. And Brian Alvarez said that or no Meltzer had said he was talking to Alvarez that there had from when Cody was out you know, prior to the rumble and he was, mm-hmm. you know, when he was sick and all that sort of stuff, you know, he's going to sign and he still hadn't because lawyers had been going back and forth. So that uh, to me, that sounds like they're talking about money and working out other provisions. But I don't know. Earlier today, uh, Fightful said word is that Cody Rhodes could be leaving AEW and going to WWE. And then the you announcement was like five seconds later. Yeah. 
the announcement was made that they were leaving. It it was astounding because that Fightful article that came out, I saw it on a, on like a, a tweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was too. I like sent it to the guys, and I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And then literally like within five minutes, it's Tony. I see Tony Khan tweeting about how like, well, it was great to work with you, <laughs> those guys, but they're gone. I'm like, oh shit. Uh, there are a lot of people now. It, there's there's a lot of questions. Um, some people are, are still, I would feel, in denial and are arguing like, oh, it's, it's actually just like a work. They're working you. It's all like a bit. But I don't know about that. And if it is, like, I really find it hard to believe, like, what's the what's the point of, like, it being a work? I thought this the original is... thing was, like, for his reality show so he could have some big, like, dramatic thing for like season two but um i this is not how the AEW thing tends to work mm-hmm. not typically it, that would be very wwe like like yeah doing the, a fake storyline and i i kind of feel like um with cody's place and his precarious um standing with AEW fans that that would be really not a great thing to do because I think that would alienate fans even more, like pulling mm-hmm. that kind of crap. I would make him into the weirdest meta heel mm-hmm. we have that we would have seen since the days of like the Monday Night Wars. But you know, AEW is very budget conscious, I would say. Because I mean, they've made money pretty much the whole time they've existed. And I could really see Tony Khan just looking at the creative with Cody and just being like, you know, dude, like, we're really grateful for everything you did, but, like, where can you go that's, like, going to be fruitful for us? You know, that's a fair enough point, and for for all everybody says about, oh, you know, AEW just signs everybody, it's like, no, let's be honest. They don't, Not really. No. They really don't. And... They even put people on some short-term deals. You know, Leo Rush was only on a six-month deal. Matt mm-hmm. Cardona had, what, like four or five shows that he, he was like on? He did, three-ish, and then... But I think he was just on a paper appearance, and he really didn't fit, so they yeah they let him go. And, and so, looking at... You know, one thing that strikes me as a possibility could be that Cody and Brandy are just going to take some time away from the wrestling world, go be home with their daughter, wait for things to kind of cool down, and then they can make a big face return later. I can think... Like, hey, where, you know, we, you know, you were gone for a while, it's great to see you back thing. I kind of think Cody wants out of wrestling. He seems like, he seemed for like a solid year, and I actually think this is where a lot of the fan resentment comes from, is um, he really seems to give more of a shit about his dumb TV show, and like, being a pop like icon and celebrity than he does a wrestler. There's um there's possibly something to that because I I'm in a group uh, observer group on Facebook that people are are been talking about this story and they've been theorizing like well why would why would Cody do this like why would he not quite burn a bridge but it's kind of like burn a bridge like with with AEW. Uh, when he could essentially be set for life there, like they would, I'm sure, like they would keep renewing his contract. Um, not obviously, like within within reason. Like if he's asking, like I need ten million dollars a year, 
Like, no, they're not going to do that. He could, probably not... have a, he could probably have a 500K job for the rest of his life. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, exactly, because he wasn't just a on-air talent and a, and a wrestler. He was, you know, an executive producer behind the scenes. I'm sure they could find stuff for him to do, he, whatever he wasn't already involved in. But there, he's a, before all this, before all this controversy, he had given interviews back in the day where he was – I'd have to look up and see exactly how old he is. I think he's at least in like mid thirties, if not late thirties. And he, and he was, he would make comments about how like, well, I don't want to do this like, you know, past 40 or something like that. That's, he's 36. He's 36 turning, turning 37 this year. He kind of made, he kind of intimated like, I don't want to do this forever. Like I want to, um, yeah, I have other things I want to do. And some people were speculating like, Oh, does he want to go into politics or things like that? It seems like, the last couple of years, at least the last year or so, year and a half, he has really been focusing on this reality show that he's he's going to do, or he has done, and this game show that he's been doing. So it does kind of look like he's transitioning into other things or wants to. He's done some acting on like the Arrow show back in the day. Oh, uh, he was also on Warehouse 13 okay. and, and a guest shot. Yeah, he, so he seems like he wants to do other stuff. So there may be something to it. It's like, well, why would Cody leave AEW? It's like, because if even if he assumingly signs the WWE for like a big paycheck, uh, he could he could go to the WWE, not really give a shit if they like misuse him for two or three years because he's just getting like a fat paycheck. And then if his goal is like, well, I, I want to be done by the time I'm 40, he can sign with with WWE, work there for like three years and then like fuck off and say, all right, peace. Like, see you, folks. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like the Throwing problem. Throwing up the deuces. I feel like the problem there is he can't do that like side bullshit that like the AEW work schedule allows him, and like that that partnership for with TNT is like really opened the doors for that he wouldn't get in WWE. Yeah. So I really don't know what the end game is with him because, like I said, he seems to care more about that like sides. He he cares more about his like dumb reality show and, and game show than he does wrestling. <laughs> that. That would be my take, but I don't know. Like he's, it makes me think that at the end of the day, like he's kind of like a weird dude. He he cares about things, and it's like it. I I sometimes lack. I, does you lack like like self reflection or understand that this is kind of weird? Like he, I, I remember think, like I think it's ego. I think we don't understand like the professional athlete ego, and I think he has it more than like a lot of other of the the modern generation of wrestlers so i think um i think sometimes when we're sitting around like what the fuck it's really just like that 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 but athlete ego and i i agree and i can understand that but he's also at other times like a, a huge nerd that is into things that or expresses interest or statements that it's like it just makes me like like cock my head like what the fuck is why is your thought process that? Because I remember, remember like with the Malachi Black. Uh, oh, the 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 evil Knievel cosplay. Uh, it's not. It's not really even that. It's like he, you know, he gets as part of the storyline. He like gets taken out and he comes back with like <laughs> I think it was the Malachi Black feud. He comes back with like black hair. Was it that? Oh, feud? that was no, that, that was, was Brody. The dog collar match with Brody Lee. Oh, yeah. Brody. Okay. So one of those, he comes back and he has like dark hair, which is actually like his natural hair color. He's just, yeah. just not yeah. bleaching it, and then he bleaches it back, black, back again. But he you know, he had the he had the real hair, the darker hair for a while, 
can we talk about can we talk about how cody ruined his career after this yeah let me let me um let me finish this thought like he he went back to the bleach blonde thing and he like publicly expressed like dissatisfaction and it's like well why it's like well this was like a whole like i was doing the whole like death of superman thing and i you know people just didn't get that it's like I had why to stop. Would we get like, that? Yes, and why the fuck would we get that? <laughs> I read Death of Superman and I don't get it. I just still don't understand what he was doing and referencing. Well, I mean, when Superman what comes like... back, he comes back in the black suit and he's taken the fight to what took him out, and, you know, dressed in the black suit before he gets back to normal. It's like, okay, dude, but you got to give us some kind of cue that that's what you're actually doing. He would have gotten more traction if he came out in a goatee and dark hair. Well, then, then I would have thought it was evil universe, mirror universe, Cody. But I mean, at least mm. he'd get like more traction with that, because mm. that's like a that's like a known pop culture meme. It's it, I well, my running joke for this has been the fact that it's, you know Cody's taking some time off to get the neck tattoo removed because that's where it all went downhill. <laughs> oh, that's what I was gonna say. But, Damn it, Shad, you stole my like, <laughs> joke. I was gonna say like he fucked his whole career by getting that god. I swear to God. I would want to hit him with a folding chair just for that fucking tattoo. You it's know, worse I, than it is. It, I have to applaud him for um, for one upping Brock's chest penis. Yeah. It's funny. Well, you were talking about Cody wanting to get out at a certain point. And, you know, given that he grew up in the world, that kind of makes sense because he would look around and see all these people he knew growing up, growing up that were larger than life Superman and that sort of stuff. And then whenever they got older, they couldn't move real well, or they had a hard time walking, or they had a whole bunch of you know health issues. Or they're and embarrassing themselves in the ring at like 50. And if he's going, look, whenever I get to this point, I want to be able to be done. I understand that. Like, I get it. Um, but, you know, there's a certain part of me that, that says, you know, Cody's got carny blood in him. And if this whole thing is he's not signing, re-signing with AEW, he goes, does a one-year deal with WWE just to prove that they couldn't they couldn't and wouldn't do anything with him. And then he walks out and says, I told you the old man didn't have it anymore. I just had to go prove it. And then comes back to AEW. Like, that honestly wouldn't shock me. I'm not putting big odds on it, but it would not surprise me if it happened. I think, though, I mean, I think I think wanting him to be a full time wrestler in AEW was never going to happen. Like he wants to come and go as he pleases. Now, I do want to talk about like the Tony Khan comments a little more. I think um, I think there it's interesting because if he's upset about that, I think he's just off his rocker because, I mean, it's an accurate statement. They they screwed up the beginning of AEW with bad writing and it didn't stabilize until Tony Khan took over. Like, honestly, they haven't quite even recovered from how bad the writing was for those first three months. Like even on this podcast, we were pro AEW and we were even saying like, you know, the NWA really tells a better story than AEW does. Yeah. Early on, they, it was the same kind of thing we were talking about with having someone in the rumble produce the rumble you it's really better if the booker is not part of the storyline and you need someone to tell people no like yeah yeah 
that's that's all it's like no you're not doing that that's like that's either way too inside baseball that's too vague that's not going to go over with enough people um and i think your average wrestler has really bad instincts on the big picture level it's hard because when you when you are trying to tell such a nuanced story in the ring that the way you pin somebody is important Having someone who's good at that, who's able to zoom the camera all the way out to the big picture, that's difficult because that's two different, very different kinds of thinking. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's it's not easy. No, but sometimes like it's kind of like working in a company. Sometimes it's hard to see how you as a cog work in the greater the greater system. Like I, I can understand Cody's ego a bit you know let's look back Cody leaves WWE and decides you know what I am going to go reinvent myself so he starts the American Nightmare thing he goes to Japan he hooks with the Bullet Club um, you know they're kind of he even credits the the Bucks for kind of shepherding from being kind of lost to, to a lot of growth he's one of the ones that helps make all in a thing you know he spearheads the aew creation like cody has been the spear point of of what we of the wrestling world right now and like i can understand the ego one if tony khan's if if he that's what he's upset about and tony khan's statement had been the day-to-day operation of aew is really a one-man thing it probably wouldn't have ruffled feathers the same way, but it's like, come on, man, that's 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 really that's not something to get that ups like that upset about. You're gone so much doing your other stuff, which I get it. He wants to diversify his life beyond wrestling so that he has more going on than just that. Yeah. By the time he wants to hang the boots up, I get that. That's that's fine. No judgment on that. Yeah, but you can't be upset that like you've stepped away and probably given up a lot of what you were doing and handed that off to someone else and then be like, well, he said it's a one man show. It's like, fucker, you aren't even there half of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So now that's the thing. That's the thing. If he's upset about that, it's like, I remember, I remember there was like a post about what individual people were into. And I don't remember him really having a role. Like, I think Brandy had more responsibilities than he did. She was chief brand officer. Yeah, I don't. Kenny remember was working the the video game stuff. I can't remember what the Bucks were doing. Probably merch. Probably merch. So it was. Well, no, I know what it is because Amanda Huber referenced it with her tweet. Cody was the one that started making the connections with the outside organizations, and that has kind of moved to the outreach team that now she is in charge of. So while he's, you know. He's not doing a lot of the inner working stuff. He was being the goodwill ambassador to to build ties with lots of other organizations. Oh, and so he that, passed that off essentially. At at this point, it seems like it was confirmed that that's Amanda Huber's deal now. But I don't know if it's like they built a team around it because it was getting too big for it, or he was just doing less, or what. Uh, we we can't know. Nobody's talking about that because AEW runs a pretty tight ship on that stuff. Yeah. But if you're talking about creative, it does seem like it's all Tony Khan because you can kind of tell when it starts going adrift. I think that's usually when Tony's not saying no enough. And usually when it's tight and on point is when Tony's 
like steering the ship completely. Matt, Brad, and I got I got on kind of a tear there. I want to make sure we <laughs> lever a spot open for you here. No, I agree generally. Um, it, it is Tony Khan. Like he can get upset about. Cody can get upset about that, but it's like Tony is like the person who's doing everything. I imagine, I imagine things are not as scripted and as uh, straight as a ruler as it is with the WWE. Um, I'm sure, like he he can come up with a storyline. I imagine he probably leaves things much to the devices of the individual workers who are part of the storyline. For example, if, like if you if, if it's Malachi Black doing you know the, the house of black with with various different workers he may be like okay uh you're gonna feud with like this uh other wrestler like the next month mm-hmm. so you guys figure that out and like he things he like leaves things to their own devices like they come up with their promos he may step in and be like all right uh what ideas do you have about what to do malachi black's like well i want to do this i want to do that and tony may be like yeah yeah go with that and but, things like that like he's like he's steering the ship he may be coming up with the concepts of things, some things, but I don't imagine he's like, like Vince, where it's like, all right, yeah, you just make sure you get this line over. And it's like, yeah. no, not, nothing like that. Yeah, I would imagine. I want you to say Popper Scooper. I, I was think. about to say that. God damn it, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> We're operating too close on the same way right um, now. I also think though, I also think on the money front. If I was AEW, I'd be kind of like, look, dude, like, we like you. We like having you around. But, like, your last three programs bombed with the fans. Like, you're not on a good roll creatively. You're getting booed when you're a face. Like, yeah, that ladder match was good, but that's, like, the first good thing you've done in a year. Like, I know you don't want to hear this, but you need to get your shit together. I could see him being mad if that was, like, part of the discussion, too. Yeah, Tony Khan, from the bits that we've seen, and let's be fair, that's not it. Tony Khan seems like the kind of guy who is very honest and very direct with you, and he's a nice guy, but he's very honest and very direct with you. And um, sometimes when he does that with social media, that that doesn't exactly... No, there's some uh, times he should shut the fuck up on social media. That's That's... Yeah, that like, that's a case of like, like the you big swole situation. Yeah, was a good a good example of you told the truth, but you shouldn't have said it. Yeah, that's that's a um. Yeah, it's like you shouldn't have done it, but I understand. <laughs> that, that Chris Rock bit. That's a I wouldn't kill her, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, but. If if they're in this spot, I mean, I again, I can't rule out Cody being carny enough to be like, all right, stuff's not working. So let's make a big deal of me leaving for a while. And then when I come back, we can start over. And Tony could be like, you know what? We could do that. Let's OK, let's get the lawyers in and let's quibble over some stuff. You know, let's let's argue over some stuff back and forth. Right. Like that that would for the son of Dusty Rhodes, I would absolutely buy that. Right. Uh, the the things that I would keep my ear to the ground on in the future is because we're also speculating here. Like, yeah, Fightful said, oh, expect to see him in the WWE soon. I'm like, I Fightful is 
is pretty reliable. I, I'd put Fightful's reliability, even as new as they are up there with the Observer in a lot of cases. But Yeah, but I don't know who's telling them that. That's what I don't yeah. understand, because that that seems very speculative on, like, well, if he's leaving AEW, he's going to WWE. But, like, yeah. I, I have a feeling he – well, he might. I'm not saying he won't. I'm saying I have a feeling, like, he's wanting out of wrestling. Or he's like end gaming it. I am um I am looking at it from the I'll believe that part when I see it. Like I I have to see that before I'll believe it happens. And the other side would you know, let's say he does. Let's just throw it out there. Let's say Cody does. He goes in to work for Vince again. I could also see Cody Vince being like, All right, here's what we want. We want you to shave your head and be a manager or you know, whatever. Cody could just probably Cody's in such a position he could just look at him and go, you know what? No, I'm going home. I'm not doing any of this. And it's like, well, you're not going to be able to work in it. And Cody's being like, don't care. You know, because he's walking in there with so much unique leverage, you know? I'm kind of so different than any other situation in decades. I'm wondering if. If he's leveraged something because Vince has chased so many people away of like getting in on that like successor stuff. Really? And that thought has occurred to me a couple times because like him, if you ever like listen to him talk about stuff, people always act like he has this rivalry thing with Triple H. It's like, no, if you like pay attention, he really admires like how Triple H like kind of like ran the show behind the scenes like i kind of wonder if um if they tried to woo him in because like who's gonna who's gonna take over that like has any any like ability because you know triple h failed with nxt and now i don't think he's ever gonna work again because work with them again because of his his health issues i mean if you really think about it with triple h we know very little about his health issues. We don't even know what like his health condition looks like right now. We don't know exactly what happened other than it's It was a cardiac. Yeah, it's cardiac related and then yet have surgery, which we talked about that like the last episode or so ago and it was like, Well what does that mean? Because that could mean there are many different cardiac procedures that can be done ranging from you know, relatively minor air quotes to serious. I think he had some sort of bypass because he had plaque buildup from the steroid use is what my my um, what I would theorize, like first and foremost, mm-hmm. like at his age. Yeah, that's possible. Um, but see, what I think happened is he had he had like a triple bypass and he was like, you know what, like, fuck this. I want to be there for my kids. And then he just walked away. Well, in the timeline uh, time timing of it too like with with nxt moving nights and effectively like you know losing the wednesday night war and he was getting Um, scapegoated real hard right when getting scapegoated uh vince i don't know if he vince flat out told him but i mean the writing was on the wall it's like you're not gonna be running this anymore like i'm gonna take it over then he he it may not just be health. I mean, I think obviously health is like the main component of it, but he might just be like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm fine taking a backseat. I'm going to focus on improving my health, being with my kids, everything. Mm-hmm. And then wait till the dust settles. I mean, 
uh, we talked at length about if they're going to sell or not. Um, I I do think that they are. One thing I've thought about uh, brainstorming this is like the 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 best trick that Vince and company could do is sell and then convince whoever the hell they're selling to. It's like, well, you know, you, you have people who don't know how to run a wrestling company. So you, sh- you need to keep us on as consultants. We're the ones <laughs> running things. I actually would not put it past it, especially as someone as carny as Vince, to sell the company, get all the money from the sale, and then also be like, well, I have to run it. Like, we have to run it. So you want you want the continued success, right? And he just continues on, even though he no longer owns it. So he wouldn't, he wouldn't per se have the final say on things. But he wouldn't have to do the corporate stuff then. Yeah, you know, he yeah, could still be doing the. I think Vince likes that workaholic crap, though. Yeah. Oh, he loves it. it. The dude's doing workouts at three a.m. because apparently he he can't sleep. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, I'm surprised he hasn't burned himself out before now. And, I mean, I think he's gonna drop dead. Well, no, his mom. His mom lived like ridiculously long. She just died recently. Yeah, like that's 101 right. or something. Yeah. She like like the last like year or two, not year or two, like month or two. Um, there's another thing that I I heard uh, through the speculation. It's not like it's being reported, but that observer group they were talking about. Uh, so some of these, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the the AEW workers. And I'm talking about the original people, mm-hmm. meaning not just like we've heard people like their contracts coming up, like Peter Avalon, I guess, is gone, which is sad to me. But he, I heard he's getting a pay per appearance deal, though, so he'll probably mm-hmm. still be around. Uh, Joey Janela is one whose like, contract is not, I don't think, up yet. But it's like these are all question marks. But it's like, OK, well, yeah, these are guys like on the AEW Dark, really. They're not being used on little too indie, didn't yeah. quite pan out development wise. Yeah, I, I think. I think that there actually is a place for someone like Janela as like a like a lower card guy that you can have just put over people. I think but, where he was was perfect for his ability because what what I think because I don't understand like all the crap he takes because he sells well, he bumps decently, his offense looks okay, and he's usually game he's usually game is like that lower card guy that gives like main eventer is a little bit of trouble in about mm-hmm. like an eight minute match. That's what he's yeah. good at. I, and I actually, I, I think he's, he's fine in that role. I like Janela, but the problem I think with someone like Janela is that he was a good fit for them when they were just starting out, like going into like three years in when they have so many talent signed. Yeah. He doesn't really have a place. I'm digressing though. I'm, when I'm, I bring those guys up as like lower lower card guys that you know if if their contracts didn't get renewed like you wouldn't really think too hard about it but the contracts of people like kenny omega and the bucks and all that stuff like they're kind of running out soon uh and tony khan allegedly apparently their contracts have an option written in Mm -hmm. where tony can pick it up for like a year or two i'm not exactly sure what all the contracts how they're structured but they allegedly have an an option in so uh, even if like the, the the young bucks, for example, even if they were like, well, we love it here, like we we don't ever want to leave. Uh, if they go to negotiate a new contract, then they at least like it may not have to be for like another year because Tony would uh, would just enforce the the option. And allegedly, 
it seems like Cody's may have had that. So then if that's true, uh, then it, it, the question is like, well, did he say like, screw it? I don't want, I don't want that option. I want to go elsewhere. Or was it a situation where Tony Khan decided like, mm, I'm not going to force the, the option. You can, you know, go where you want to. Tony or seems we could... like the kind of guy that would would like bring you in before he exercises the option. And just be like, look, okay, what what do you think and like how you feeling? And I, especially with the higher level guys, and I could see like maybe he and Cody just got together and like he wasn't liking what he's hearing, or you know they just couldn't figure it out. So he's like, you know what, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick up your option. Yeah, it could be. One person I'm seeing, and I I can't imagine this is really the case because this would be like, like you really have some balls to even pull this. One person's like, well maybe Cody, in negotiating the contract, was like, I need a piece of the company. I want a percentage of the company. I don't even like, think to, they to, could do that now. I don't know that they could do that, but I mean, if 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 that was like something that was even like contemplated, like I, Tony Khan would have to be like, no, <laughs> like I would hope he would laugh out of the room. It's like, no, that ain't happening. I don't know, but there's, I'm saying like there's like stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know that I would be really curious to, for someone to find out down the road. Because I feel like there's got to be something more to this than just yeah. like t- Cody wanted to go and get a, a big payday. I mean, that, at, at the end of the day, like money talks, that could just be it. Like he could, Tony Khan could be like, all right, I'll pay you like $300,000 a year. Or even five hundred thousand, some some big number a year for the next like three years, and it could be that Vince is like, well, I'll pay you like a million a year to come back. Now, again, I, I've expressed this before. I don't think that any sort of contract from the WWE is worth a damn. No, no because they they could turn around two months later and be like, all right, well, you know, budget cuts, lol. Yeah, you make too much. Yeah, yeah, I could absolutely see. It's like, oh, look, we re-signed Cody Rhodes. And then a month later, it's like, oh, Cody's gone. Look what I did. It was me all along. And then Cody's going to be like, hey, you just proved your proved your real character there, Vince. Guess what I can do now? Anything I want to. You know, it, but I also have to wonder, you mentioned the contracts with the original EVPs, right? With with Cody, the Bucks, with Omega and stuff. I wonder how they're they're. VP position interacts with their performer contracts. Are they like two separate things? Are they tied together? I'm two separate things. I think you get like health insurance on the, if you're an office guy and stuff. So I think they're different. I know there are some people who are on air that also have office work. Uh, You know, they're dual role. You know, Aubrey Edwards is one. Christopher Daniels is one. Um, yeah, Daniels is who I was thinking of for yeah. uh, dual roles. But I don't think – Daniels really doesn't even wrestle anymore, I don't think. He uh, does wrestle because um, he's like the Defy uh, champion. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he just, he, just, uh, he just had a match with uh, Nick Wayne, who is the, the 16-year-old son of uh, Buddy Wayne. Mm-hmm. Who I think Buddy Wayne passed away, but he's uh, he was the guy who trained um, – Brian Alvarez. Brian Alvarez is actually like good friends with with Nick Wayne, okay. uh, and this was like a big. This was big news over the weekend mm-hmm. before all this Cody stuff happened. Is that sixteen year old Nick Wayne, who's getting like a lot of buzz in the indie scene, um, 
for being so good at 16. And I, this is kind of like huge phrase, and I can't imagine like this kid lives up to the hype. But a Dave Meltzer was talking about him, and it's like, oh, I don't think I've seen anyone like that good, that young since like Terry Gordy. It's like that's Terry Gordy when he was like a teenager was insanely good. Have you watched? Like, it, remember that that match I sent you guys in Memphis, and he's like 18 mm. years old, and he's like he's talking, and he's I mean he was big at 18, like he was like full grown yeah. like giant and they they were having this match and i'm like oh my god he's 18 years old like this is like just nuts he gets it yeah uh but anyway he he had a match with christopher daniels christopher daniels won uh and nick nick wayne afterwards like darby allen came out of the crowd and it's like this big thing people are, like so excited because it's darby allen you know the guy's like a, a star and Darby offered Nick Wayne uh, an AEW contract. And there's there's some conversation as to what that contract really is. Most people think, seem to think that it's a quote-unquote apprenticeship contract yeah. where he may or may not appear like on Dark or Elevation or something like that. But they, they, allegedly they, the terms of the contract are that it's conditional on him uh, turning 18 and also finishing at least high school. And once he turns, once those two things are met, then he would become a quote unquote like full member of, of AEW. Meaning, I guess you know he can they can book him as they wish. But I guess it's almost like a like a promissory thing where it's like if you, you turn 18 and and at least get a high school diploma, then you know welcome aboard. You're part of our company. It's like a shorter term version of what they set up for negative one, right? Yeah, I am. So. Um, I'm kind of old school where I'm like a high school contract, a high school degree. Like I, the kid needs at least like college, but that's me. Uh, but where was I going? With, where was I going with this? Oh, it's just, I guess Christopher Daniels is still wrestling. Cause he wrestled Nick Wayne. Okay. Him saying, I don't wrestle on AEW is not really a problem. Cause Christopher Daniels is such a smart guy. He might look around and go, you know what? They don't need me for anything right now. I'm just not going to wrestle here. I've got my job backstage. I'll do that. I they just don't need me like actively on the card right now. And I'm okay with like Christopher Daniels comes off as one of the smartest, most mature guys in the wrestling business a lot of times. But he's so that, he's getting up there too. He is. He's like he's like fifty, I think. Yeah. I think he's like fifty one. And he still is, he looks amazing and can BME and all that kind of stuff. Is he still on the roster? Like, as far as an, a, a worker, or is he just like? I, think he's I thought still he was like behind. The, he might not be though. I thought he was behind the scenes, like, like as a talent guy. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I think so. So then we had another bit of news. This might have been yesterday. I know we were talking about it, but there's a rumored match, and I don't think I believe this is going to happen. But the rumored match is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. which. Mm-hmm really perplexes me because uh austin hasn't wrestled in what 19 19 19 years years. he's 57 years old like if you've seen him on those skull ranch sessions lately he's getting old looking um i don't think he can go uh someone made a joke on twitter um which i think i sent to you guys (laughs) oh wait let me look it up exactly is that about how like 
Kevin Owens is just going to get beat up for five or six minutes. Oh, uh, yes, yes. The, the, the tweet that someone had sent was like watching Steve Austin and it basically was basically saying, like, <laughs> enjoy watching Steve Austin in a T-shirt beat up Kevin Owens for five minutes. And then as the commentator talks about how, like, well, you know, I've heard Stone Cold likes to drink beer. Like, oh, that's yeah, like, yeah. That's, no. a, yeah. That's, that's something interesting. <laughs> that's probably going to be – that's a yeah. Michael Coleism. Yeah. But that's – let's be realistic. Like, that – they need to sell tickets, apparently. Like, they haven't uh, – they need to move more tickets. Oh, yeah. I assume it's like just is nowhere near sold out. It makes – it reeks of a, a panic move, actually, to me. It does yeah. reek of a panic move. It's like a two-night – WrestleMania again, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Two full nights yeah. again. That's, so they needed. Mm-hmm. Um, how bad are the ticket sales? Out of curiosity. They I don't know. know. I'd have to. I, I'm sure Meltzer has written something about it. I have to look and see. But I, I, it does wreak a panic. But if this match happens, and a friend of ours is asking, like, is well, is this legit? It's like it seems to be legit. Like they, I guess, on WWE programming, they're moving forward like like it is. Um, but that's, I would imagine like, that's exactly what's going to be. It's going to be like Steve Austin comes out. He's probably going to wear like his, you know, his jean shorts and a t-shirt. So he doesn't hide his like old man body. His, his, his um, his, his, uh, sweet, juicy old man titties. I mean, he's, he's still he's like, a, probably a, still fit. Yeah, he's well. He's he seems like in good shape for his age at fifty seven. But I mean, he's he started. He's starting. He, if you look at him like three years ago and look at him today, like he's he's aging. Yeah, even Sting. I mean, we've talked before how Sting is like a genetic freak. Like the guy should not be should not move like he does, not be able to do the things that he does. But even Sting like wears a, a t shirt. I mean, it's like I don't yeah. think he's like I don't think he has like you know, man boobs. I mean, he probably, he might have like that, like, Hey, I had pecs back in the day and like, I've lost muscle mass. Like he might have those. That's probably that. Cause I mean, again, like especially men, it's like when you get older, like if you, if you are not enhancing yourself, it all goes uh, down, it all goes down. Like it doesn't mean like, yeah, it doesn't mean like flab, but it just mean like if you were like a, a, a muscular dude, like you may not be muscular anymore. You may still be like in shape, me still had like some size to you, but it's not going to necessarily look. Yeah. You're going to have the pretty. old man gut with your, with your muscles. Yeah. And Steve well, Borden is 62 and he's going to be turning 63 in like a month. The dude is in amazing shape. He can move. Like I, I don't, I can't even comprehend how this guy can move, but he, he seems like a guy who, if he did it back in the past, you know, back in the day, doesn't seem like he's done it anymore. Compare, uh, enhancing himself. Mm-hmm. Compare him to Billy Gunn. I just saw a picture of Billy Gunn. Billy Billy Gunn is fifty eight. He's like he's like a year older than than Austin. I don't know what juice he's like <laughs> injecting into himself, but he looks like a monster. I'm gonna he say I think huge. he just um, I think that dude just has never put anything bad into into his body ever. Which dude? Billy Gunn. You know, I don't know if you're being facetious because here's the thing. I've got a uh, I got a friend who was um, oddly enough, he worked in the Secret Service for a while and then, you know, he hit retirement age. But, you know, he's he's lifted his entire life. He's getting older like everybody else. But he's still big, but he has he has been very careful. Never, you know, he's not used 
you know, any enhancer stuff. He just, you know, works out every day, eats a lot of protein, that sort of thing. And, you know, he's he's keeping himself in shape. It might be that Billy Gunn is just an absolute fiend going to the gym all the time because he's like Brad and I like ran into him at the thing we went to. He's a big dude, but he's also not like. Billy Gunn's never he's had like the, the swollen muscles. Yeah, he's you like know, lean. Ne- he's never had to even even during the Attitude Era, he didn't have the puffy muscles, mm-hmm. right? And, you know those those puffy you know poke them with a needle and they'll deflate um, steroid muscles kind of thing. And so I could I could see I can't swear to it, but I could see Billy Gunn being one of those kinds of guys who did it relatively clean. Um, I think he uh, might have also let, Matt just sent a picture and I was looking at it. He might have also mm-hmm. been one of those guys just because he's a performer, smartly changed his workout regimen and lost mass as he got older so that some of that stuff didn't happen too. Oh, just keeping definition, but yeah, and, and drop some of the like the the heavier bulk muscles in favor of like leaner leaner show muscles. I think he could have done that too. Yeah, I am more skeptical about how he's getting this physique um, nowadays. <laughs> That's but, fair. But the That's thing fair. is, the thing is, though, I mean, he could take all the steroids he likes, and if he didn't have the genetics to look like that at 58, he would not look like that at 58. Yeah. Uh, point is, like, I, I imagine it, it is going to be just like that guy tweeted. It's going to be Austin coming out, like, jean shorts and a t-shirt, and it's going to be a five-minute, quote-unquote, match, where he's just, like, kick, kicking and punching and kept Kevin Owens, maybe Kevin Owens gets like a minute of offense. I doubt and Austin then, bumps once. Probably not. It'd probably be like his bumping is like Kevin Owens like throws some punches back and like maybe kicks him in the corner or something like that. And then it'll be boom, uh, kick, stunner, that's it. If Owens, okay. <clears throat> so in a Legends match like this, the ideal thing is that the legend puts the new guy over because the new guy still has more of his career ahead of him. But we know full well WWE doesn't work that way. Austin might, though. And if that was the case, I could see Owens winning with, like, a roll-up. But I don't Austin, think he can. But his neck is fucked. Like, I think that's right. what you have to remember. That, his neck that's is... That's why I said a roll-up. You know, just, just a schoolboy because Austin has not gotten in the ring in 19 years and I guarantee they had to have thrown Saudi money at him to try and get him back, and he still said no. So why would he be saying yes now? This is another I'll believe it when it happens. I mean, they could have thrown him a massive paycheck to try and save Mania. They could have, but I don't know, man. Because you got to remember, though, the only thing they save face on is Mania does really well. And, like, if... If Mania is only like half sold or only three fourths sold, like that is a huge black eye because their their this always sells didn't do well. Yeah. But I think I think though if they had if if this Mania fails, you got to go back to one night. Like I think that's the problem, and we talked about that with um, Wrestle Kingdom. It ruined Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, just no one wants a two night event. And I think I think that's what they have to realize is they need to go back to a single night and just cut down on it some and get it to like a five hour show. They tactically did three nights this year. It's just that the, 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 
quote unquote third night was like a, a joint show with Milk. Yeah. Like a week later. And I don't know if you ever like I haven't seen that show, but I don't know if you saw the results for that show. I, I was like when I read the results, I was like, why the fuck did Noah agree to this? Because let's say there was like ten matches, it's like eight of them were won by New Japan. Yeah. Guys. It's like, come on. Yeah, if you really want to do it, you gotta have like maybe maybe you have like a seven to nine match show. It's an odd number. And it's mm-hmm. like you win half, New Japan wins half, and then like the rubber match gets won by whoever. If you win if New Japan's hosting it, you can have them win. Mm-hmm. But at least be competitive, not this Let's have like eight matches. Uh, New Japan wins six of them. That's that's like a joke. It just waters it down though, because even Wrestle Kingdom, with that talented roster, it feels it feels less special watching each night, because you're not mm-hmm. just getting like bam bam like all these like great matches and stuff. And and Mania feels the same way. It's just it's <clears throat> diluted it, because you're parsing out like your good shit between two shows. Yeah, although having again sat through the eight hour wrestlemania that they did they pulled um if their idea was to do like all right well we're gonna break that up and it's like two three or four hour manias that's still like too much yeah uh, and i think it's still a bad idea because what if you what if you want to do mania are you investing in both nights it almost seems like you would if you're going to the whole trouble of traveling to a location mm-hmm. and going it's like you should do like both nights but anyway it's like i would rather i'd rather they split it up than do one eight hour show it doesn't need to be that long it should be one like four hour they show they just need max. to either they just either need to f- do cluster fuck stuff to get everyone on the card or just give people a, a payout for it this this crap of we need to get everyone on mania ruins mania <laughs> mania should just be for like the best of the best the other thing that happens when you split it in two nights is, like, let's say that they split it up so that it would be two three-hour nights instead of, like, a crazy long show. Then they're like, oh, well, you know, we don't have enough to fill it out, so they throw padding on it. And then that stretches the show out more. And so now it's getting longer. It's 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 going to be schedule creep, basically. Yeah, I agree with If that. it's on two nights, it, it – it, it would not shock me for us to get to a point where it's WrestleMania weekend with two eight-hour shows on Saturday, one each on Saturday and Sunday. It's just like there is no way that you are going – look, doing an eight-hour show to get me to pay attention to the whole thing was a hard enough sell, and I did not – I did not pay attention to the whole thing. I didn't care for a decent chunk of it. You do that two nights back-to-back and expect me to give a shit – about everything on the card, you're going to be sorely disappointed. You know, you're, you're going to get a bored crowd. Who's going to get pissed. Who's going to turn on you. And, you know, it's like what happened with, I can't remember what show it was, but when Braun said he was going to, he was going to cash in at the end between Roman and Brock and people just walked out. No, it was in reaction because people were just walking out in the main event because, like, we know what happens. And they were just leaving early because, like, we don't give a damn about the main event. We know exactly what's going to happen. That happened, like, in, like, that was, like, three or four pay-per-views in a row with, like, Roman main events, actually. Yeah, and and people would just leave early. So they're like, oh, if we have Braun announce that he's going to cash in on the winner, people will stay for it. And guess what happens? Braun never actually cashed in. It's because they... Brock, like, beat him up and, like, threw the briefcase away. 
So if I take the briefcase away from the money in the bank person, is it just null? Do I get it? What happens then? Nobody knows because nobody's ever actually thought it out. It You just pissed off your fan base even more. They, so you, you know what I've always hated about money in the bank? Like if I – if I had the money in the bank thing, I think I would legitimately earn a title shot. Just fucking beat them senseless with a chair until they were unconscious to take the DQ and then just cash in and pin them. That would be a great heel move to do is be like, no, I'm the what, you know, why do you want to win the rumble? It's like, well, you know, I want to have two shots. You, you're you hold the money in the bank briefcase. What do you want to win? I want two shots at it. But they don't have the restraint to hold back on that sort of thing. Now everybody cashes it in the same night they get it. No, I hate that. Why even have the gimmick? Because it always feels like some years they keep it with someone for a while, but then it's just like luggage. But it feels like most years they try and get rid of those damn briefcases like as fast as possible. I think it's because they forget about them. I think the last time... The Money in the Bank briefcase was even remotely interesting is when Carmella had it. As I don't much remember don't what like she her. did with it. She cashed in on Charlotte, didn't she? I don't remember. Yeah, I think she cashed in on Charlotte. I think she, I think you're right about that. That's like the last person that did anything <laughs> with it gimmick-wise. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you the last time it was interesting when one of the guys had it. I mean, who who had it this year? Well, Big E. Last, yeah, Big E. Like any, eh, any. He didn't really. It wasn't interesting. And then um, it Otis, should have been. It should have been, but it wasn't. Yeah. Otis had it, and they they had to ruin that. And then yeah, yeah, they had to take it away from him because Vince was like, "Oh, he won't be over." It's like he was over. That's why you had him win Money in the Bank. Is because he was over, and then you just claim that he's not and take it away from him. Then what kind was, of backward-ass thinking is that? Was it Lesnar the year before? Oh, you know, I don't remember. I think it was. Now, okay, I'll, the year Lesnar had it was kind of funny when he was, like, beatboxing with it. Doing that the, was the Brock party thing. Yeah. yeah, but they ruined that because then Stephanie had to like get involved. And it's like, why can't we have fun? Like, why does a McMahon have to get involved? Because they, the McMahons always have to find a way to make it about them and leech the heat. That's how you get good shit. Yeah, but the beatbox is funny. Then I think, um, oh, who had it the year before? This, see, this shows how unmemorable it is. Yeah, because I was like, well, when did when did um when did Dean Ambrose have it? I'm like, I think that was like seven years ago now. <laughs> oh, oh shit, Lord. when did he have it? He be, he cashed it on Roman, so it was probably 2016 or 2017. Then, wait, did he beat he beat Rollins, right? Yes, I think so. <laughs> oh fuck! What year did right. he have that? It's been a while. Because that was like the I last thing I enjoyed was like the the Dean Ambrose, like AJ style stuff and like the and James Ellsworth, <laughs> like being mixed in to like that angle. That's like the last thing I thought they really did well as an angle. AJ is one of the people that works at WWE that I I, I still really enjoy watching. I've always liked AJ. I've been a fan of AJ since like 2001. Um, air raid. 
Yeah. Started with Air Raid and then in uh, uh, Impact and, and so on and so forth. And Air Paris uh, didn't amount to anything, did he? Yeah, it didn't really turn out. But, uh, you know, there, there's a handful of guys. It's, I, I'm honestly wondering, because I think um, all of New Day's contracts are synced up that they expire at the same time. And I wonder what will <laughs> happen next time hmm. they, they're up. I, I think um, um, I think New Day will resign um, because yeah. they've, they've they've parsed out like a good hustle for themselves, um, especially like with his up, up, down, down thing. I think being connected to WWE helps him a lot with that. Mm-hmm. And gives well, he's him on a G4 audience. now, so he doesn't he doesn't need them as much as he used to. No, but I think I think it I think it behooves him to stay we'll see that's true um i do think that if their contract comes up that that tony khan should make a play for them like they there's a few people out there that i would feel like could potentially be like game changers i feel like they could be game changers i mm-hmm. feel like biggie is the one <clears throat> that should test the open waters like oh yeah yeah biggie there's a lot that could be said about his his main event push, if you could even call it that. But that's a guy that I, I really do think he has the charisma and the talent that you could push him as like a main guy for like years. Yeah. Like, and he's looking okay. Looking it up, he's he'll be turning 36 this year. That's still young. That's still within the point where he could, you know, he could do a lot in the business. I don't think how old Moxley is. Moxley might be older than that. I I could see New Day being like anywhere they sign, they're like, no, we're a package deal. Um, and you know, you get one of us, you get all three of us, and then turning those three guys <laughs> loose with even more creativity, I think could be a lot of fun to watch. John Moxley just turned thirty six, so he's even older than uh, Biggie. Wow. So can we talk about probably the best like debut i think i've seen in a long ass time mm-hmm. um wait are you saying that this debut surpassed any limits you might have foreseen yes so what i love about what so what i love about the keith lee debut is um and it's actually very unique which surprised me that this that this doesn't happen more is he just came out and fucking wrestled he did he did keith lee Keith Lee came out and murder his way through um, poor um, Isaiah Cassidy. Yeah. I mean, Keith Lee came out and had a debut squash. But the fun thing about a debut squash is you get it. You get to see a guy just do his cool shit. And, you know, every now and then that's fun. And I really feel like it's like that's something you should get to see. Is, and. And the attention to detail that they picked a big, like, small, like a big bumping small guy just to, like, eat his stuff and make it look amazing. Did, do you guys see, like, the toss that he gave Isaiah Cassidy? Oh, that yeah. feel that he just flung him. Like, yeah. I, I think Keith Lee is straight up about six foot. It, Isaiah Cassidy had to hit at least 10 feet up in the air for it. Now, Isaiah Cassidy, like, I think has, like, a really impressive vertical leap. 
Yep. So that's that was partly on him. Mm-hmm. But it visually, it could have not have been a better spot because it made Keith Lee look, look like a monster who just launched a dude like higher than a, a, a backboard. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just made him look like a monster. That's that's a night where I would say Tony Khan walks up to Isaiah Cassidy, puts an envelope in his hand with a bonus, and then says, "Thank you, Isaiah. I really appreciate you." I I generally I, we talked you know half the podcast about Cody Lee, I'm sorry, Cody Rhodes leaving, and I I generally do feel that AEW has too many guys. Like they're almost like WCW level roster of having just guys in the roster. Or guys associated with, I guess not everyone's on the roster. Like a lot of these guys on Dark and Elevation, may be working on a on a performance, uh, pay, paid per appearance type of deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but they have a lot of guys on the roster. There are a few guys out there that uh, I do think would be a smart investment, and Keith Lee was absolutely one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you so had I to. Can't be I mean. If yeah. You, if you did not at least try, you are being criminally negligent of your company. Keith Lee is uh, he just turned 37. Uh, that's a guy that it's like, OK, give him like three years. So by the time he hits like 40 and see what you can do with him in three years, the fact that he's I think he is good enough in the ring and he's certainly charismatic enough. And people already have like an attachment to him mm-hmm. like you. See what you can do. That that's a guy that you can actually have be uh, a main event or an upper mid card level worker for you. And that's really kind of all you can expect or what from him. And I think mm-hmm. on the demographic front too, like it, you know, they've been constrained by roster limits, and I think they unfairly get shit on for diversity. But you have to make a play at, at, at a guy. I mean, even his talent alone, but like demographically, like you're not going to get a better like african-american talent to put at the top of your card unless like you somehow came across willie mack and got him away from impact i i would put uh keith lee over willie mack yeah but to answer answer what you just to answer what you just said uh the answer real answer is like big e but it's like you'd have to convince him to come over yeah and i don't think he's Uh, i don't think he's i don't think he's coming available like that yeah i don't i agree but i think if you're talking about like what what's an African American male talent that would be potentially bigger than Keith Lee, like a better worker. Like yeah. I would say, I would say Biggie. Biggie, Biggie to me is like I. This is part of why I'm very very bitter towards like the WWE is because like you literally could have had a guy that you could have cemented as like part of your main event for years to come. He's he's over with the crowd. Like he is incredibly like a, he's a great talker. He's charismatic as hell, a good worker. Like he could have had it all with Big E, and like he fucked it up because you don't see him as like the guy. Like it, yeah. not... your window is like Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, uh, Roman Reigns. And honestly, since we're talking about him, like people have joked, but it's like no, it's probably gonna happen. If they bring Cody Rhodes in, it's like he's gonna job into Roman within like six months. Oh, probably. I said that. I said that. I look forward to him immediately jobbing to to Roman yeah. in our group chat. Uh, they're probably they're probably kicking themselves in the ass right now. Vince is probably like, God damn it, I, I didn't know Austin would come back. I could have had Austin versus Roman Reigns no, in WrestleMania. Like, like Vince he is probably Vince is probably like sitting in his office right now, like tweaking his nipples to the thought of like Cody jobbing to Roman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'll but, make God 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 like, shit. Like that episode of um South Park. <laughs> That's what it'll, Vince they'll is be doing. really bummed out. 
How bummed out will they be? Like, like let me just really let me just, bummed out. Let me just open these easy access ports on my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that episode, the the reason I don't laugh harder at that episode is because I can't help but think it's not that far off from the truth. No, yeah, it's it's horrible and true. But, yeah, the just the, the tearaway shirt panels makes it really. <laughs> <laughs> That's good shit. I, I was going to make a joke, and I was like, oh, that won't work. He died. Uh, oh, fuck. Who was it? Patterson. Oh, damn it. Get in here and help me celebrate this I mean, shit. I mean, Vince is losing it. He might try and call Patterson and be like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It. I will believe Cody there when I see it. Now, back to the Keith Lee thing. The thing I think I loved more than anything else is you mentioned doing that big Beal toss as the opening spot looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Lee does that. Then he turns around and just smiles. And it's just like, not only is this guy a beast, this guy enjoys what he's doing, which means he's going to be fun to watch too. So that mean you know, it, it was a fantastic, I'm going to say re-debut. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it was a fantastic re-debut for a guy to come in and be like, hey, guess what? I can do what I really want. You know, I can do the things that people have wanted me to do for years now, and it's going to be good. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of – because Lee also fills a role not really anybody else on the roster fills. No. Yeah, they don't have too many guys that are of his size, and some people have – no, because even culture. even powerhouse mm-hmm. is like a smaller big guy. Powerhouse yeah. has like a a lot, good good amount of muscle mass, but he's not as big as Lee. I would yeah. I don't think. Yeah. No, um, nowhere close. Someone like someone like Meltzer even has said this, and I would actually have to agree. Like that Lee was definitely heavier than he should be, um, and I'm sure like Lee would probably like admit it. Like he he does he's probably. He's probably packed like another like more like a 30 pounds probably from what he was. But he's he's had like some health issues, uh, obviously with COVID. He got COVID really bad and that caused cardiac issues. Yeah. Um, so there was some concern. It's like, well, can he still go? And it's like, well, I, I I'm sure like he he wouldn't be out there unless he's been medically cleared. But I think, again, he's like a talent that you can't really waste that opportunity opportunity if the guy is like interested in signing with you he's going to sign with you like mm-hmm. do what you can with him yeah i agree um it makes it just makes sense uh you only get you only get a guy like that every 10 or 20 years if you're oh, yeah. not wwe <clears throat> you only get a you only get a talent like that every every great once in a while and yet again almost mm-hmm. instantaneously he feels like a bigger deal in wwe <laughs> than he ever did in nxt or AEW. mean yeah, and in AEW <laughs> he feels like a he feels like a, a well, deal, I fucked yeah. that up. Yeah, and it's like that with almost everyone. We know what you meant. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's meant. back to being limitless and not being a bear cat now. So, <laughs> he, well, I said I said this to you guys when he debuted, like the day of when he debuted. It's like it's that's yet another unforced error. Yep, that is the I actually way to put it. I turned on AEW because. My life is like so busy, especially like my daughter doesn't go to bed until like 9 p.m. 
oh. most days. Yeah. So, or at least like eight thirty. So really, like by the time by the time I could even contemplate watching something, it's more like nine p.m. that I can actually watch it. Because even if we put her bed to like eight thirty, it's like by the time we get stuff done, it's like nine p.m. But I this night, I actually was able to turn on uh, AEW, and I did it because like people were messaging me. It's like, oh my god, Keith Lee showed up, and so I just I put it on, and that was actually like a fantastic episode of uh, AEW and they got, they got really no, good ratings. They got really good ratings for it. So it made sense that they did it so well, but it, yeah, the, that the tag, that tag was fucking fantastic. The punk, the, the, the punk and Moxley versus FDR. Yeah. yeah. That was a phenomenal match. FTR, yeah, was, FTR is like the best big match tag team. It, it, in, they are, today. they're so good. And that match was, I, I would honestly say, I don't, I don't know what, Sorry, I had to watch it again to see what startings I would give it, but I would give it like at least four. It was phenomenal. Yeah. And the, the story that matched that I thought was so amazing is that Moxley has like no dog in the hunt other than just like his character is that I like to fight and I, want, and I don't like to lose. Mm-hmm. And so Punk brought him in as his like special tag team partner. And the dude went out there and like he's at, he's taking ass beating. He's just, but he's scrapping. He's like giving it, it all, and it's like you don't have to. Like it's not your fight, CM Punk's. But he was going crazy. They did big mat, uh, like big moves for for crazy near falls. It was a, it was fantastic. It was such a fantastic match. And it, I, yeah, I thought it was really lazy booking the Adam Page versus Lance Lance Archer match, and even that was good. It was so good. I it was really I, good. I actually that was like uh, I wasn't like thinking much of it i'm like yeah they'll probably do like 10 minutes of like some hardcore spots and that's it and no. the match was so good even like the psychology of it where it's like i'm gonna uh uh who's adam lambert dan lambert dan lambert sorry dan lambert removing the t- the turnbuckle because the concept is like well he can't do the buckshot lariat if he removed the, the top turnbuckle and yes. then they they finished it. they actually found a way for he still do the buckshot lariat yes without it to the outside, yes. which is pretty impressive. But that match was crazy. Lance Archer is like a, a madman. The one oh, and, spot. Uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead and finish your thought. The, the one spot he did where he gave like the blackout to Adam Page on the steel steps that were turned sideways. Oh, yeah. And the steps like just bounced and Adam Page <laughs> bounced with them. Yeah. I was like, I literally saw that and I like gasped. I'm like, holy shit, that is that looked like it sucked every bit of that just yeah we got to see um one of my favorite sequences in that match dan lambert's out there with with archer but so is jake and jake grabs hangman page and gives him the short arm clothesline and then pulls him up and gestures for the ddt and then lance archer stops him he's like no this is my fight back off i'm doing this and he turns around, and Adam Page kicks him in the gut, hooks him, and gives him Jake's DDT right in front of Jake. I yeah. laughed and laughed. It it was really, when it comes to a street fight Texas death match, they called it a Texas death match. It was a Last really, man standing. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic example of what it should be, because... They didn't like go ballistic and be like, hey, you know, I'm going to hold your face down on the hot dog grill or something. It was we're going around, we're hitting each other, we're doing wacky stuff, but we're staying near the ring, you know, where people can see it. 
Yeah. But we're messing with things to put a twist on it. Like you said with the the the, the turnbuckles and stuff. It was really good. I loved that Jake spot too. Um, I'm sure the the actual true answer is like Jeff. Uh, sorry, Jeff. Uh, Jake is probably like old enough and has had health issues, and I think he's even had like hip replacement. It's like he yeah. probably should not be bumping cancer at on all. his knee too. Yeah, he's had some health issues. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's like he probably should not remotely be considering like a bump. Yeah. So that was probably like in in reality that's why like they didn't have him do anything, but in storyline like they they just had him like you know they had at uh, Archer like. Like no, 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 but I love the thing I loved about that is that people were so into like him giving the DDT. Yeah, think about that. Like a, D- it's sad to say that the DDT has become almost like a transitional move. But when Jake, it's so associated with Jake, and it has such like cachet with the fans that people would knew it would be like death if he did it. Yeah. Um, but when he wasn't able to do it, the thing I loved about it is like he was so disappointed. Yeah. It's, is of like his facials were so on point where it's like, oh, come on, I could do it. That I loved. It was such yeah. a you have to be such a wrestling fan to really pick up that stuff, that sort of stuff. Like a, 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 an old school wrestling fan. But that yeah. was beautiful. I and also love the. S- um, oh, go ahead, Chad. Um, the the justification I have for it is that lots of people DDT now. There, lots of people use it. Only some people do it right, but. And and so I don't I don't have as much of a problem with that sort of thing as I used to, you know. Jake's DDT is obviously doing it right. Raven doing it, you know that sort of stuff. And then there's some people like, oh, I do a DDT. It's like, well, you do, but you don't do the DDT, right? Yeah. And and it, it took me a little while to kind of sink that into my thick head. So I'm was, sorry, Matt. I was gonna Fred, say go so. Um... It's super early, and um, there's not a lot out there yet, but I would say through the middle of February, my wrestler of the year right now is Adam Page. (laughs) He's putting on... He's putting on phenomenal performances. Uh, It took me a while to get to to it, and I haven't seen the the sequel, but I finally was able to watch the basically hour-long draw he had with uh, Danielson. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did. I think it started slow, but then it kept building. And by the end, it was a it was a fantastic match. It was a great match. I feel like I feel like with an hour long draw, you need to keep it in your pants for about the first fifteen to twenty. Like you gotta you mm-hmm. gotta set it up. You kind of gotta get the crowd amped up. Then I feel like you go nuts for about ten minutes, bring it down for like the thirty to forty, and then the forty to fifty, you start getting. You start building, 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 and then you just go ape shit for like the 50 to 60 until the time limit hits. That's kind of how I feel like you're supposed to do the hour long thing. Mm-hmm. Like no filler in there, but like you need to. I think we're I think we're like Seth Rollins gets it wrong when he does stuff. Seth just goes, 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 <laughs> goes, goes. But when you're mm-hmm. going for an hour, like you need to you need to bring them up. You need to bring them down so they can rest. Then you can bring him back up again. Then you need to bring him back down, because um, I think with a, I think with an hour long draw, you want at least two distinct matches within the context of the sixty minutes, and you're probably better off with three. Like at least yeah. Like, 
like and and how you pace it and stuff you want about two or three like matches within the match i think if i was going to do an hour long i would actually probably take it even easier i would tell you, i would take it easier for the first half and then do a slower ramp myself but i see where you're coming you do kind of a standard half hour and then you have a reset where you have this big double down spot and both guys kind of like get to the corner and they pull each other up and they look at each other and it's like you son of a it's like i'm still standing it's like, i'm still standing too and then you like you said you kind of start over but um I don't know. I because uh, that's where Brett and Sean went wrong with their Iron Man is they kind of just did it dumb. Oh, you mean they didn't actually have an Iron Man match? They just yes. wasted our time for an hour. That's the problem with the Iron Man, though. But I feel like I feel like you need a reset in there somewhere because you need to reset the crowd's brains. Because there needs to be that reset to be like, okay, we're getting to like this is the this is like the home stretch now. Like I feel like you need to prep them for that. Because when they when the when the fans know it's like home stretch time, that's when like the moves need to like matter the most. They can't be on their feet screaming for an hour or so. Yeah. You've got to have ups and downs. So uh, you you've got to give lulls and and time for them to breathe and stuff like that. Yeah, because because I, I actually it's a good example like the Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega match is a good example of what the first half of an hour long draw should be. Yeah, they that match was really really good. Because they 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 went slow, they got a little quicker, but they didn't bring out like the big stuff. So they had like if they had gone another half hour, they had like their big stuff still in the in the in reserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we've we've about talked through both of these things. I mean, it's uh, obviously the situation's developing, so we have no idea what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Ear to the ground, I guess. So, um, anything we want to say about coming episodes? Or? Uh, we have the Tupelo concession stand brawl coming probably next week, maybe the week after. Uh, we ha- I have to look at some schedules because I've got a vacation coming up, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I think next week's gonna be. We'll see. It's only three matches, and it's it's fun, like dumb stuff. So we'll uh, we'll probably do that. I think we have we've talked about what our next movie review is gonna be, but I don't know where where we're going with that mm-hmm. for our next one. Cause we've thrown a bunch oh, of I... ideas out there, but yeah, that's that's kind of what's on the horizon. We've been kind of just taking it an episode at a time. So because uh, usually. <laughs> you, Usually when I model model out like three months of shows, that that survives two weeks and then it gets blown the fuck up by <laughs> because life. weird stuff keeps happening. Yeah, so I I stop doing that. If if we plan something out, I have like three episodes planned out, and or you know we've talked about what the next couple of weeks will be because if we make like long term like that that doesn't survive very long. The last long term we thing we did was the. Uh... Savage uh, Hogan, I think, is the, the GWF. Oh yeah, that took us mm. like six months. And, yeah, it took us <laughs> so long to do because stuff kept happening. Well, and I so. yeah, and I fucking I fucking hated that by the end though because I <laughs> dreaded the fucking recaps. Oh yeah. 
All right, everybody out there, thank you for listening to this episode. We would love to hear from you on social media. What do you think is going to happen with the Rhodes Assistances? Where where do you think they're going to do? What do you think they're going to do? Please hit us up on our platforms. We would love to hear from you. And so this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth. We will catch you next time.